This is normally our day for our episode with Coach DJ Elliott, where we talk defense. We have that for you this week. Unfortunately, Coach had a trip at the beginning of the week, so we're delayed by one day. Today, we have one from the archives from some of our first years, where I talk about different aspects of trick plays and my experiences with trick plays, how I like to think about them, organize them, practice them. Really a brain dump here on all things trick play. So enjoy, and Defense with DJ will be back tomorrow. What you see on tape is a direct reflection of what you teach and how you teach. Video is important, but if you don't teach well, you're not going to like what you see on your video. First Down Playbook has been helping coaches teach better for 13 years. It allows you to present installs, playbooks, and practice cards in half the time with NFL quality. Coaching tools like video pairing, a player app, practice schedules, and wristband sheets have made First Down Playbook a program management system with everything in one place. If you're in a position of leadership with your football program, receive a free one-week look at First Down Playbook. Call them at 512-814-6158 or visit them on their website or social media. Mention Coach and Coordinator Podcast or use the coupon code COACH24 to receive a $100 discount off the normal $700 First Down Playbook team membership price. Links and the phone number are in the show notes. As coaches, we know that some of the biggest hurdles to our team's success can come from off the field. Your team needs support to tackle the endless list of expenses, uniforms, training equipment, travel, and more. But raising that money can feel like a full-time job. Thankfully, there's Vertical Raise. Vertical Raise is the premier online fundraising platform using innovative technology to create the easiest and most efficient system available. Raise more money in less time with a local fundraising coach who works with your team every step of the way to customize the ideal fundraiser. With options for online donations, digital discount cards, premium product sales, and even spirit shops, Vertical Raise has top-of-the-line solutions for every fundraising style. To find out more, visit verticalraise.com and we'll get you connected with an exclusive offer on your first fundraiser. Today's podcast is on trick plays. This is always the time of year I like to share those. I've done it with several articles in the past. Uh, I'll have some links in our show notes to some of those articles, but I love trick plays. I'm always looking for innovation. I think back to 2015, uh, when I was the offensive coordinator at Oberlin, we actually used what is known now more popularly as Philly Special, and it was the number four top trick play of 2015 on ESPN. I'll put that link there uh, so you guys could see it. But let's talk about that play before we go into uh, some of the specifics here. What's ironic about that play is that the Patriots actually used it against Philadelphia in December of 2015. In 15, they did it back then. It was a successful play. It came back, obviously, to haunt the Patriots in the last Super Bowl. If you look at the clip of Tom Brady in in the show notes, you're going to see him saying, as as part of his cadence when he's going down the line and pretending that he's giving calls to the lineman, he says Clemson, Clemson. And what's interesting is the play, as far as I know, it did originate and become popular actually with Clemson when Chad Morris was there. And if you ask Chad Morris, he got it from a coach, Coach Spivey, who was a high school coach at the time and still is, I believe, 
and he got the idea from him, and he used it in, in a game when he was at Clemson, and I included that one in our show notes as well. So you'll see some multiple versions of that play, but obviously, when you look at it, there's a lot of mechanics that go into it because you have basically a snap to the running back. He's going to dead pitch it on a reverse coming back to a receiver. The receiver is going to throw it to the quarterback. So when you look at trick plays, I think it's a lot about breaking down those elements, and that's something I'm going to share here. But I want you to consider this. Uh, Kevin Kelly, who has been on the podcast before, certainly is known for his unique approach to drawing up explosive plays. And at Pulaski Academy in Little Rock, Arkansas, he's the guy who never punts and frequently onside kicks because the statistics tell him so. Kelly told the Washington Post that on any given play, when two players touch the ball, there's a 10% chance of gaining 20 yards or more. However, if three players touch the ball, the chance of gaining big, big yards or more almost doubles. History also tells us that the team that has more plays of 20 yards or more in a game wins 81% of the time. So for him, he looked at that concept and started to do a lot more where he had three players touching the ball. We refer to any of those plays where three or more players touch the ball as trick plays. Solid offensive performances are still built around the core of base plays. I don't want to take away from that. I think that's the most important part of execution. However, being able to strategically add an explosive play through the use of some kind of deceptive or trick can provide a team a spark plug when you need to overcome your opponent. And at this time of the year, again, we're, we're looking at heading into the playoffs. We have big games ahead. It's something that can actually make a difference. Um, so the first thing I want to focus on are the skill components. And I think those can be categorized in a way that kind of narrows this down. And for me, it, it, I looked at guys who did well at these skills to go out and execute these trick plays. Because everybody, you know, you ask your kids, everybody wants to throw that double pass or coach check me out throwing the ball, especially the linemen. And I'm going to show some clips in our show notes of linemen executing trick plays. So don't rule them out. I think they're valuable in this as well. But the first category is the multiple player exchange. So there's going to be the ball given to one player who gives it to another. The simple, simplest way to think of this is like a quarterback hand, handing the ball to a running back who looks like he's going to run a stretch play, who pitches it or hands it off to a receiver coming around on a reverse. It's a pretty basic skill. There's two ways to do it. The handoff, which obviously is elementary, everybody knows the exchange mechanics of a handoff, and it's something that we teach at the youngest levels. But I also feel that it's something that you do have to be proficient at, and there's that opportunity when you have that mesh point to mess it up. I do think that a dead pitch is a little bit easier in this case. I'm sure, sure other people might disagree, but to me, it kind of takes a, a little bit of, it should say, it gives you a little bit more room for air. You have two players basically running at tor towards each other. Um, what the one player is going to do is, is put that ball up into the air and really make that short toss something that it has very little movement on it. You don't want the ball spinning. And the other player essentially is running through the ball, catching it and running through the ball. After that, think about a lot of trick plays have a pass. So you have an exchange followed by a pass. So some type of handoff or a pitch simplest way to think about this is the halfback pass. You're going to have an exchange, sometimes off a of reverse, 
and then a pass where two players are handling the ball and it's thrown to a third player. So when you're thinking of this, you need to think about how the defense is really enticed and reacts to that first exchange in what appears to be a running play. Um, Proper execution of that is really going to be reliant on, on the guy who receives the handoff and needs to sell the run first. So a lot of teams like the right-handed player, in this case, going to the right and throwing to his right, and I think that's a pretty sound principle. Um, although if it's a throw on the run, ironically enough, you'll have some players who feel more comfortable going the other way because they actually are forcing themselves to get their hips to the target. So regardless, I think you need to look at your guys and see who has those skills, especially running to the right and what are the guys who can do it to the left. And a lot of times you maybe use your lefty who, who goes that way. You want that guy to attack the line in some ways, put the ball away at least for a second, and deceive the defense. Okay, You want the defense obviously attacking and leaving a guy open in the secondary. I think you can look at, and, and what's become popular again, has been the jump pass. That was a big component of single wing teams years ago. Tim Tebow made it popular again, and you see that in multiple forms. And I included one of those in there. It actually has a lineman who came into the game uh, for the Chiefs and threw the jump pass. So again, I think you can look at different guys doing it. Who has those skills? How are you setting that up? Because the Chiefs, for example, had a lot of plays where that big guy came in. It was like the old fridge play with William Perry where he'd come in and just bang in the line and have his momentum and weight take him into the end zone. Well, they put this guy in the shotgun, let him run to the line, and execute a jump pass. So again, some kind of exchange followed by a pass. The double pass is another way of, of doing things, whether that pass is out to the side. I've seen it where teams are running like a bubble. That guy will catch the bubble and throw it downfield. In that case, it's kind of like the pitch pass or the halfback pass. So you want that guy catching the ball. If he's right-handed, going to the right on a bubble and catching the ball before he throws it to the other guy. Now that has to be a backward pass or a lateral in this case, and you got to make sure of that. I think the, you need to have the guy, if he's going to the left, be a lefty to be comfortable making that throw because again you usually have the defense converging on that quickly you don't have a lot of time to set up and throw you kind of have to execute that as a catch and throw on the run and so having to flip your hips around or get your hips around is going to cause some extra time and possibly have that thing blown up I think if you're running it off of like a smoke screen or a screen where a receiver's coming up kind of running off for a step and then coming back behind the line now in that case uh, I would want a lefty on the right side because thinking of him how he's going to catch the ball we don't want him to have to flip his hips all the way around before he throws so he's going to be able to catch it set and throw down the field and that those seconds I mean it, it's going to make a big difference in being able to get the ball out and execute that play downfield and again that has to be obviously behind the line of scrimmage after you've thrown a pass the catch and pitch is another component so Uh, I've seen this done a number of different ways. Boise State made it popular against Oklahoma in the Fiesta Bowl where they ran a guy into the middle and he hooked up, caught the ball, actually set the defense, started running towards the opposite sideline, set the defense running that way, and then just gave a dead pitch to a guy coming underneath and he went into the end zone. And I think, again, whether it's a, a hitch out to the side with the back coming out of the backfield and getting around, or that pass in the middle, or I've even seen that executed with a hitch 
and then a pass to a tackle whose pass set got rid of his guy and then comes around and gets the pitch from the receiver. I think that was made popular in the movie Varsity Blues. Throwbacks would be another component. Uh, Any kind of throwback where you have your quarterback or potentially even somebody on a reverse Going back and throwing all the way to the other side, stopping, planning, and throwing back is another skill I feel that needs to be worked on and can't just throw it out there a couple times. You want to think about that skill of getting a guy being able to throw back um, to the other side. And then everything else I kind of put in the category of special. I think those components I mentioned make up about 90% of trick plays. Everything else is, is kind of a special play. So you look at you know, even wing T teams, I've seen this done. I think I actually saw Clemson run it out of spread, but the counter crisscross where you have that very quick ball handling from one player handing it to the next, I think is an effective way of doing things. Uh, hidden hidden player trick plays where you have that guy squat down behind the line and give him the ball um, as you execute a fake behind him and he comes out the other side. I think all of those kinds of things need to be worked as well. And then these fit into you know, your different concepts or categories of play. So your reverses in multiple exchanges would be one category. Some form of a double pass is another category. You know, that double pass could come out of a a sprint out. We did it before with a a tight end where we had a double pass where we sprinted one way. uh, The tight end blocked for sprint out, got back behind the quarterback, and then threw the pass down the field. I'll I'll put that in there. I think I have a YouTube link that I'll include in there, and you can see that. And again, it was key to think about how we wanted to set that up because I didn't want that tight end to come back and catch the ball and have to flip his hips to throw it. So we had to have him set to the left in order to run that play. And I would say that's a good way to think about setting these up. These plays can really only be run in one direction a lot of times because of the way you want that ball handled and be able to get it out quick. And the more really you put on a, a player having to do more things, the less likely he's going to be able to execute that. I've always been interested in the use of technology to make our jobs more effective. So I'm excited to continue sharing modern football technology with you here on the podcast. This innovative system leverages tendencies to improve self-scouting, game planning, and in-game decision-making at the speed of the game. Modern football stands out because it's a battle-tested platform used by teams at all levels, like four-time national champion Bishop Gorman, the five-time California state champion Folsom Bulldogs, six-time Texas state champion Lake Travis, Cal football, and the CFL's Grey Cup champions, the Montreal Alouettes. So book a demo today to see why these teams trust modern football technology. Visit www dot team m-o-f-o dot com slash demo and mention coaching coordinator podcast or use the coupon code cc10 to receive 10 percent off your first year the next would be an exchange and a pass so this could be your halfback pass um, it could be a handoff i know i incorporated this with a halfback pass and essentially Bill Walsh's sprint right option where we kind of got a little pick for a guy coming into the flat. And you talk about a defense really getting messed up. I mean, they're converging on the run. We have a big pick coming set on the inside guy. So when he does recover, he's actually having to either go under a bubble over the top of another receiver and we're able to get a guy into the end zone there. 
I'll, I'll include an example of that. Uh, the jump pass has been made popular. I mentioned we had a have a video clip of a, a lineman executing that for Kansas City. It certainly can be done in a number of different ways. I have an example of when Butch Jones was at Cincinnati doing that play. We'll include that link as well. And as I mentioned, Tim Tebow made it popular out of the shotgun where he just got the shotgun snap, started towards the line, and pulled up, jumped in the air, and tossed it to the tight end. The example I show will be of essentially a run play, handed it off from the I formation with that I back, getting the ball, and executing the jump pass. So again, it, it, a lot of this is your, your creativity. The flea flicker would be another one, handoff. That guy turns around and pitches it back to the quarterback. As I mentioned before, some type of throwback. One of my favorite types of, of throwback plays is to use down on the goal line. Not quite sure where we got this one. I know the first we ran it was against Heidelberg probably back in 2009. I think the first year I was at Baldwin Wallace. But basically what we do is the front side tight end is going to fall down. He's going to go down to the ground and essentially linebackers are going to lose sight of him. And then he's going to come back out the other side and get the throwback. And it's something that really has has been effective over time. And then as, as I said before, don't lose track of the linemen in this. I think you can include them in some of these things. In fact, I have an example in here of several of these, but one from Rich Alercio, one of our speakers at National Conference. Uh, he did it in the state championship game on a fourth down. He called a screen pass to one of his linemen, and he, he gave us that clip to include there. There's other tricks that really come out of procedures. So procedures like the huddle. It was one that I actually saw in a bye week. I was at a Boise State game against Toledo, and Boise State comes out, executes this shift. They were doing a lot of shifting. They shift into what looks like an empty formation and then throw to who looks like the tackle, but it's actually the tight end there hiding, and that's something we used uh, as well. Also in that game, I saw Toledo execute a play where it looked like the only guy who moved was the center and the quarterback. The rest of the line stayed there, and they executed a screen off of that. It's something Clemson did against Miami in 2015, and I have that trick play for you as well. With all of these, I think the things you need to think about are how do you practice these components? And one of the things we did was implement what I called the circus circuit, and it was essentially a circuit of, of pods. We put together four of them where we worked on some different skills. And so the first one, for example, might be hook and ladder skills. And so, you know, we would simply set up, and we would do these maybe in a number of different ways depending on what we were using, but we'd set up a receiver on one side with either a tight end, a back, or even a lineman coming out of the backfield. And all we're trying to do in these circus circuits is, is to get a feel for who are the guys who really do this the best? And we're always looking, is it the tight end? Maybe it's the tackle in a certain situation. Which tackle might we feel better about doing this type of play? Or is there maybe a guard we got to move out to tackle on this play, have them flip spots, and have him be the guy who's going to come around and get the pitch? And Heidelberg did this. Guys I know there did this. I have a clip of them doing it where they have a guy hitching up, receiver there. There's no other eligible receiver on that side, but the tackle He's going to pass set, release his guy, and he gets around actually for the touchdown in the into the end zone. So in that pod, we usually set up guys to the right, guys to the left. We could even put a station in the middle 
where we have that middle hook set the defense and then drop the ball to another guy. Now with that, we didn't want to necessarily run the full play. We wanted the receiver maybe who's coming underneath to get a feel for what that looks like. So we set him a little bit of distance away and we let him get a feel for timing that up. When is it that he really needs to start at that guy full go in order to be able to to get the pitch? And I have a diagram of what that pod looks like there. Another one would be a double exchange and throw on the run skills. That would be one where we have maybe a reverse with the throw to somebody else. It could be set that up with uh, the flea flicker where we have the, the guy come across maybe on an inside zone and pass it back. We could do a play where we give it to uh, the running back on stretch. He dead pitches it to a receiver or a slot coming around who throws it downfield. So we set up that in a number of ways depending on the day. And I put that diagram in there as well. Another pod would be the double pass skills. Uh, so we want to, you know, whatever it might be, maybe it's throwing a swing pass and then having that guy throw down the field. Maybe it's the smoke screen, as I mentioned before, him catching it and throwing either across or down the, re- the field to another receiver who maybe came across all the way from the other side. Maybe it's something where we have the tight end. I mentioned that tight end double pass. He uh, essentially protects for sprint, drops back, catches the ball, throws it downfield. And, and again, don't be afraid. Maybe that's alignment, pass setting for his sprint out and then getting there to throw the ball. So be creative with it. Find out who your guys could do it. I mean, there are some linemen who can really get that ball down the field and would be excited to execute it. And again, when you get those guys involved, usually that is a big surprise for the defense. And the last thing I want you to think about is how do you plan these trick plays? So number one, know your opponent and what players on the defense react quickly to an initial key. You want to start to plan your attack there. Obviously, you want to count for that. Maybe you need to have somebody on that double pass out there protecting it. So when that quick reaction comes up, you have a blocker there and it allows your guy to get the pass off. You want to decide when and where are the appropriate times to use these plays. Most of the time, these plays are effective when the game is tight. I you know, don't think that you want to open a game with a trick play. I think that's a time when everybody's a little bit more alert. I think once you settle into it, that could be a time when you execute it. But for me, I always would go up to the press box before the game, you know, as, as we got to the stadium, before we warm up, and kind of just visualize where I might call those, those plays on the field as I was going over my call sheet. So I had a feel for, okay, if we get to the right hash, on about the 35 to 25, I'm going to call this play. And, you know, we end up in that situation, then we'll call it. I think the next thing, the third tip would be to set up a play to fit into what you do. Use looks and formations that are part of your game plan. So if you go to something crazy, usually you have something that's going to go along with that. But it's also alerting the defense that there's there might be something coming and they might not play as aggressively as they want. So if you can incorporate this into the formations that you're using in the game plan, I think that's effective. Practice your plays, but not too much. Give them a few reps in team over the week, and really that's all. If there's a key mechanic involved with the ball handling or a pass, let the players involved practice it separately. Or have it be something that you're doing kind of as a warm-up, a pre-practice thing. You know, Guys will get into it. They'll have some fun with it. 
I know the skill guys always see like to see the offensive line getting involved. So think about setting up those quick circuits, getting guys, you know, exchanging the football, double passes, reverses, whatever it might be. Get them involved in that. See who does the skills the best. Pull out those skills and make sure you have those different things incorporated. So if you have to work on your dead pitch, go let those guys work on it separately for a while before you run those few reps during team period. And lastly, I think the most important tip is to have fun. These players are fun when they work and the players love to execute them. And obviously uh, it's something that becomes memorable. Everybody is going to remember Philly special, even though they're not the team that came up with it. So think about those things. Have fun doing that. Good luck here the rest of the season. And uh, we'll be back next week with some more tips from my notebook.